All right, welcome back. We are here at the Sales Lab, and I'm pleasure to interview Derek Childs. This is going to be super cool. Uh, I've got to know Derek over the last couple of years as he's joined Hawks, and we have a kind of an awesome story. So, Derek, first off, I mean, for the audience listening, kind of give us a background. Like, where are you from? How'd you get into sales? And just kind of go from there. Cool. So, yeah, I, I've been in sales now for about four years. I've been back from a mission from about for about four years. Um, I... Born and raised in American Fork. So local um, boy? Local boy. Love that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a caveman. Loud and proud, man. So uh, American Fork, born and raised, and then I served a church mission. I went to Paraguay. My brother, little plug, he's actually serving there right now. Oh, that's, really cool. that's super mission. cool. And then came back during COVID and, um, or yeah, about COVID time was when we, when that started and then I started selling and been in it for now four years. Nice. And so you started out at a different company, right? Yep. And you transitioned to Hawks about two years ago? Yeah, about, yep, two years ago. So let's take me back two years throughout that transition. I mean, when you were coming to Hawks, I mean, what are some two things? What are something that like intrigued you to come to Hawks? And then after your first summer, I mean, how was your experience? Yeah. First thing's leadership. End of story. If I made zero difference in money, I would still be here. Without a doubt. That's awesome. Yeah. If there is zero difference in money, I would still be here. Okay. Because I started consulting with Parker Langeveld. And when I saw what Parker was like, I'm like, dude, people are different here at Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> They're just built different. I was like, Something's it, in the is, water. it is different. And so once again, like I would follow the, a lot of the leaders through fire. And it's just because they've been loyal. They've been so good. Like, I mean, like, and they're constantly proving that. The other day I was, uh, or, or a couple of months ago, you and I were on the antelope hunt that was, that, that Scott invited us. <laughs> Within on. 24 hours, you got a phone call, right? Yeah. You know, $5,000 antelope hunt. And you helped me take my first shot and, and, and do my first hunt. And I was like, dude, these people just care. They just care. It's a lot bigger than pest control. And um, leadership that cares matters. Le leadership that leads from the front matters. And so, yeah, that was like the single biggest thing. That's awesome. Um, I mean, it makes me feel good because, I mean, obviously we work at different organizations, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I've been at Hawks coming on eight years. And, and since the beginning, man, I mean, we've always tried to say, like, you're, you're joining a family. Like, that's the kind of feel. I mean, we're probably not perfect. There's probably guys who don't feel like that, right? But, I mean, that's something I know that the leadership, Scott, JK, Matt, they do a big emphasis on making sure that guys feel loved. I mean, man, that antelope hunt was a blast. It was a blast. And, of course, did it in the Scott Wilson manner <laughs> that you had 24 hours to get ready and, and fly yourself to New Mexico to get ready to hunt. It was wild. So that's awesome. Well, Derek, dude, we've heard that you have an, you've had an awesome experience at Hawks. You've been crushing your leadership. I mean, you did awesome last year. You're downline and crazy retention. But let's kind of rewind back to your first summer. I, I know you have a cool, crazy story of your first summer when you were first year into door-to-door. -door. And so kind of tell us how that was like and what that was for you. Yeah. So I met with all the companies. Like oh. you can't name a single company that I hadn't met with. So you're one of those dating and kissing all the companies. I was, I was kissing, <laughs> dating, all, tasted all the flavors and stuff. And it was a really unique experience because when I came into it, I've always just worked uh, jobs where it's like, hey, this is what you get paid. This is how it works. And then I found out it was really weird. The more people I met with, then all of a sudden my commission would go up randomly. Interesting how that works, isn't it? I was like, it? what is going on? And so I started to meet with a lot of people, started to find out what was going on. And at the end of the day, it came down to the group that I was with, that I've always been with. And um, 
it, it, and like another company. And they offered me 65% as a rookie. They offered me a $20,000 sign-on bonus and, and all these things said, Hey, we know you're going to be a stud. If you do these things, blah, 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 like free rent, free travel, oh boy, yeah. iPad, Segway, the whole thing. And $20,000 if I signed right there. And I just looked the guy in the eye and I knew that if I was with the right people, that everything else would happen. The money would come, but I needed to be with the people that would build me to who I wanted to be. And so culture has always been a big deal for me. So I ended up making that decision. I turned that down and I went to another group, went on a rookie pay scale somewhere else. And it was really cool to watch that at the end, I ended up making more than who my team leader would have been. At the other company? At the other company. Oh, that's awesome. But the point, the point is, is when I start, this is, this is the craziest part about this, is when I started, I, um, I, uh, I was bad. I was so I mean, bad. Let, let's dive into that. What do you, what do you mean bad? <laughs> so I have the longest bageling streak for working all the hours and doing all the trainings of anyone I've ever known. Oh boy. So it was three and a half weeks of not making a single sale and I was knocking almost 300 doors a day counted. So I think it was 6,000 something doors before I made my first sale. Holy it was a, It was a crazy experience. Um, but I just knew I'd look at some of these other guys on the team and be like, dude, that guy looks like a weenie and he's making sales. And I'm like, I can do this. So I never doubted. I never doubted. I, cause I bet on my work ethic. And I knew that I knew a simple principle that I don't think a lot of people stick to. I knew that if I give up, that is losing. If I keep on going, I will win. And so I, I told everybody I'd be the rookie of the year at that previous company and in my head, it was certain because I knew I would not give up. And I bet on that. And so anyways, after three week, three and a half weeks, I made my first sale, which was crazy. And people were telling me like to, hey, dude, you should probably pack, go pack home. Pack it in. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, no way. I committed. And uh, later made my first sale. And, and then that week made seven. And then the following week made 14. And the following it was 21. And it's always gone up. I mean, that's that's a crazy story to hear. I mean, my rookie year is the complete opposite. But, I mean, I kind of want to hear a little bit about that. I guess take me into your mindset. I mean, you, you talked about betting on yourself and your work ethic. I mean, we can talk about discipline. But, I mean, take me back to your first couple weeks because I'm sure there's rook rookies going to be watching this yeah. that are going to be in your same shoes. I mean, what are some things you did maybe daily that helped you get out of that mindset or be able to work on for those three and a half weeks until your first sale? Can I read a quote? course. Okay. I was at church yesterday and I saw this and it really, really stood out to me. And I think this is the epitome of what I find in this industry. Um, I'm just going to read what it says. It says the concept quote, the greater the distance between the giver and the receiver, the more the receiver receiver develops a sense of entitlement. So in other words, the people that are in the hard, that are working the hardest understand that they don't earn that nothing's given. And it's always the people that are not working that are entitled. And so I find that people, if you are, number one is if you're listening to this and you do, if you are not grinding, if you're not in, if you're not face in, like in the trenches, you can't understand what I'm about to say. It's true. If you are sitting passively back from a chair and listening to this podcast, you, you will not understand because you're, you're in an entitled mindset. So it takes somebody who's doing the action and you learn through doing. 
And so the one thing I knew, because everybody gets back from their mission, so like, man, what do I do with my life? I knew one thing, move my feet. Move my feet. And so I moved my feet as fast as I could. And uh, that has always served me. Yeah, I, I love that quote. I love that. I mean, it's, it's such a true principle. And I think, I guess, and this is, I'm just kind of inferring this just from our earlier conversation. I mean, did you have mentors or managers or people throughout your time in those first couple of weeks that you were able to lean on or help you kind of get through that? Or kind of to kind of fill us in. I mean, was it a? Oh yeah. Uh, did you oh, have a yeah. team of guys, or were you just solo in the trenches? I mean, oh, kind of yeah. fill us in. So what's funny is when I started, um, I was sent to a team, and that team leader, uh, I actually got to hood before the team leader did. So me and my buddy who recruited me, and the team leader uh, actually quit the day before. Oh nice. And we were in Chicago, <laughs> Illinois, and we didn't know how to sell because the guy that recruited me, I just got off his mission. So he actually the guy who had just got off his mission was only going into a second year, uh, was now forced to be a quote-unquote team lead. So it was just a rough situation. Um, what's so interesting, though, is um, people who want it will get it. If you really want it, it's like we all know that if you really, really want it, if you know what you want and you stay on that and you know what you want and you keep on chugging and when it's hard, you keep chugging, you'll get it. And so I said there was a team that was, when that team disbanded, there was another team that was succeeding. I said, I want to be on that team. There's only one spot left. And so I said, please put me on that team. And I chose good people to be on, and they were servants. They were servant leaders. And they said, yes, Derek. You know, even though they could have been on that team, they said, we'll send you there. So I went on to that team. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know my team leader, didn't know anything. Um, there wasn't enough room really on that team. In all honesty, it's just that I begged to be on that team because I knew that they were they had the highest PR in, in the company, so I wanted to be with them. And um, so, yeah, I slept in a closet um, in an air mattress that deflated every single night at four. Oh, boy. And I woke up. I had $6 in my bank account, and this was during my time when I could have – and it was $6 in my bank account, and I went to Walmart, and I bought a $3 mirror. So I could do, I could see my body language and do mirror pitching. And I woke up before everyone and I stayed up later than everybody. everybody. I just knew that it would happen. And, uh, but what happened was like, that's where I can, that is the only thing that I can give props to myself. The rest, it's like, it was amazing to have a great team leader. That team leader was just a Navy SEAL, dude. He just did. Didn't matter. And I did everything he did. Everything. Right when I started making money, he was going to a gym that cost $120 a month. I went to I started paying $120 a month, even though I was barely making any money. Um, when he was on the stair stepper, I was on the stair stepper. When he was reading, I was reading. What he ate, I ate. I ate it with him. I drove to hood with him. I stood stuck with him. I trained with him. I asked him so many questions. I later found out that the company, the owner of the company, was getting calls from him because he was saying, dude, Derek is pissing me off. He's asking too many questions. <laughs> and to me, I like beat on my chest about that. I'm like, heck yeah, that's like a badge to my name. But I think for anybody who's a rookie, I would just say, just keep going. And, and it reminds me of like, I think it's called like, remember the, or fighting the giant. I forgot what the movie is called. Remember the Titans? It's not remember the Titans. It's like fighting the giants or something like that. Like, Rock, your very best. 
give me your very best. Does anybody? Oh, yes. I've seen that YouTube video. Yeah. Do you guys know? Bl- what he blindfolded in, yes. bear crawling across the football field. Yes. That was a pivotal point for me too, is because um, sometimes we play small. And I watched that video when I was three weeks in, bageling in Chicago. I remember watching that video. And uh, it was like, give me your very best. And it was like, the, there's one moment where I had doubt. And I was like, dude, I'm playing small. So then I went back in and I went back in the trenches and I'm so grateful for the leaders and the leadership that I have. I can't even get close to taking any credit for the example that they gave. Leadership matters. Culture matters. Um, and then what matters as well is, is killing our sense of entitlement and doing despite feeling. Just do. And there's nothing that's going to save you. There's nothing. Anyways, those are my those are my experiences for my first year. And it was life-changing. And that's why I'm like, dude, I'm so in this. But I made oh, one last thing is when I made my decision, because I'm an all-inner, I made a decision for at least five years of my life. Wow. So I, I said, no that. matter what, I'm going to be in this industry for five years. And that's why I made a decision based on long term. And I th- find that most people don't do that. They do it on a, hey, let's get rich quick gig. And that's not how it works. No, it, it almost makes it a little bit easier because you've already made that decision. Yeah. Right? Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no renegotiating. So that's super cool that you've done that. And honestly, like I, I love that you mentioned all the stuff you learned from your team lead and that experience you made of obsession over, over work. I mean, now it's kind of fast forward three years. Was this like your fourth summer? This is my fourth summer. And so f- kind of tell me about this because now you're in a different role. You're managing multiple guys and managing a big team in Atlanta, I remember. Mm-hmm. And so kind of fill me in the stuff you learned from that, that year and over the years. I mean, how are you able to, uh, I guess, run such a successful team? I mean, what are some points? I mean, I'm sure we've got some upcoming team leads and area directors in here that are watching. Yeah. Like what would be one or two nuggets that you can give them that you've learned over the years? Cause what's funny, we see these success stories like you've had, um, of how good you did this last year, but we didn't know how, like how, what it took you to get there, mm. like how hard your first year was and everything. So what are one or two nuggets that we could talk to? Yeah. One of the overall principles is that I went through all of it. I didn't skip any steps. So I did the preseason blitzes. I did knocking in the snow in Utah. When a guy said, hey, I want to learn how to knock. I said, cool, strap up your boots. Let's go. Right? So it's like, how am I going to get over the winter objection if I don't know how to get over the winter objection? Well, let's go strap up our boots. There's a house right there. Yeah. It's like, I have an iPad, you have an iPad, you have sales routes, I have sales routes, let's go. Grab your your uh, your mittens and your coat too. Yeah, yeah. and like, I, I know what it's like to have sold low CVs and then build that up every single year. So my point being is, don't skip the steps. Do the thing. There's no getting around it. Um, some people, they, they just kick it off quick. You know, uh, one of the rookies, he was our top rookie in our region. His name's Zeke, and big shout out to Zeke. Um, and we talked about this and he was number two in the company, number two rookie in the company. And I just looked at him and I just said, Zeke, you know, what's cool. Like top rookies cool, but you know, what's even cooler. What you do your second year. No one likes a has been. So like, I just think that it goes back to entitlement. The first thing is like, Hey, if you don't know how to lead well, um, don't skip the steps. Just do. Yeah, just do. 
Um, I'd say tactically. Anything that you require of your people do first. And I would say something I learned really quickly is the 50% rule. If you're going to teach to sell well, do you sell well? What's, what, is qual what is par for the course on your team? So raise the standard in everything you do. So if you sell, if you last year you sold, like on our team this year, like we made sure that there was never a deal sold less than $59 ever. And it was so, like literally, like we would tell them they wouldn't get commission on it. It was that serious. And so the lowest CVs this year you could possibly sell on our team was 720. And it's so that we could raise the bar from last year's CVs. That's awesome. And every single year. So our average CV was like eight, almost 900. It's like 850, almost 900. I mean, that's probably increasing at what, 40, 50, 60% from the year prior, right? From our first year, it was like, <laughs> it was like 570 was my first year. And I was a high CV. Back then. Back then. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, dude, I love that you're you're putting hard things and hard walls in place to see success for your team, such as like the the low CV. But I mean, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into your team. Can I go one more thing? Yeah. Um, I find too many people don't go all in in this space. There's no lukewarm mega entrepreneurs. Yeah, there's no lukewarm winners either. There's no lukewarm winners. And so I just think it's interesting. Like you know, I was with my reps this morning and at any point in time, you know, there's a rep this morning that came over to my house to do morning routine with me so he can get on and just like get momentum in his life. And he's like, can I come tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, dude, like I'm doing this with or without you. And that's important. That's what it takes. That's important. Like with or without you, like, am I going to do it? I, people don't understand that my first two summers to, because I wanted to win. They didn't understand that my first two summers, I was in the office on Christmas. Like I wanted to freaking win. And that's what it takes. I mean, I think so often people look at your story this last year and look at all the success that you had and how well your team did and your retention to resign. Yeah. But they don't understand the path it took to get there. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the biggest things for there's so, oh my gosh, there's so many things. <laughs> there's a lot that it, that goes into it. I would say one other key overall principle is that I find that people don't invest in themselves. People don't understand that my whole first year paycheck and my whole second year paycheck and almost all of my whole, whole third year paycheck went into full team development or personal growth. And honestly, I don't doubt that because I kind of know the stuff that Derek's doing. And so let's kind of take a side tangent on that. And I think it goes, it'll go hand in hand to our next question. Tell me about your transformation over the last year and in investing in yourself and what have you done? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like huge shout out to Ben Ward, my mentor. Ben's uh, a stud. Yeah. It was like, once again, Hawks put the, Ben in front of me. It was like, dude, shoot up. huge shout out to Hawks um, for, for always just being amazing. And, um, yeah, so I met with Ben and, you know, I pay Ben $10,000 a month to be my mentor. And I pay $1,000 a month for a personal coach right now. And there was other things before, like when Parker came and consulted when I was at a previous company. It's like I offered him pretty much all of my overrides on all of my downline. So he could mentor us so we could grow. I wanted to learn the skill. 
What, where's the value in that? So tell me that you you've got these different mentors such as Ben Ward and a coach and you, you've been doing it for years. I mean, what are the value that are the guys listening could go and do that? And what could they expect? Yeah. What, what can you expect? Cause it's hard. I mean, if you're thinking about it, you're investing hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of dollars a month, like what is it? I'm guessing there's no magic. Like Ben Ward say, here you go, Derek, here's the magic potion to success. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't think that's how it works, right? That's not how it works. Um, what can people expect from investing in yourself? You're your greatest asset. And whether or not, like, if you if you go to jail, you're still stuck with yourself. If you run a marathon, you're stuck with yourself. So do you enjoy the body and the life that you're living? And a lot of people don't ask themselves long-term questions. Because they're scary. Because they're scary. And so anyways, what you can expect is you can have more fulfillment, purpose, a better sense of identity. You can love yourself more. You can feel more empowered. Uh, you can up-level the type of people in your life. You can have better results and take more control. I love that. You rattled those off kind of quick. I'm guessing you've experienced those in yourself. <laughs> oh, I love. Oh, dude. And what I love is that's all personally. I mean, that has nothing to do with Hawks, but what has that done propel your success in this in this in that hawks i think success is a magnet i think success is a magnet and so i can only magnetize up to the true level that i am even if i look like a stud like let's say i look like a cool stud and well, stuff. Derek, Derek, you do i've seen you with your shirt off oh my gosh dude maybe like, we can get them to take it off oh stop it we can do like i can look so cool and act like i'm so cool on this podcast but at the end of the day it's like even on this podcast like this, this, and hopefully we inspire people that are listening and stuff. But the image, there's like so many internet entrepreneurs that have this image of like, oh, dude, I sat on my couch and made $7,000. No, you didn't, dude. Yeah. They're just trying to sell you something, man. It's a lie. It's and a lie. It takes hard work to get true success. And if you think that just making money is success, you're lying to yourself. Because you've done that. I have made money. Yeah, I've been on I've been on the side of $6 on my bank account. I've been on the side of negative $16,000 on my bank account. I've also been on the side of hundreds of thousands of dollar checks. And it's like, dude, the fulfillment is the same. What you focus on is truly where your 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 happiness lies. Truly. And so anyways, I try to focus on things that matter most. And what matter? I also try to prioritize my life, my body, my mind, and uh, the people around me, the relationships I have. And so only way I can do that is by controlling what I can control. And so start the morning with good, strong things and, 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 and uh, start some good habits. I love that. And I think that's what is a tribute to your success. I mean, I think, I think we've had a lot of awesome nuggets today from Derek. There's one last question I do want to ask him. Because I know we referred to it earlier in our conversation, but I want to touch on it because I know your team did very well with this. Yeah. Tell me how you were to overcome burnout. Mm. I know we've talked about a lot of things I think play a role in that, that go hand in hand to overcoming burnout. But I want to put down some concrete nuggets, like one or two nuggets that these guys could take out to sure. overcome burnout in their teams. Sure. First thing is it's a mindset. And Dude, if anybody says burnout's not, I don't care what leaders have said or what people in this company or other companies say, I don't believe in burnout. And I'll tell you why. I believe in 
believing in burnout. Uh, yeah. I believe that people believe in burnout. So this is, this is why. This last year, my team suffered from burnout. And I was like, what the heck happened? We, we talked about it. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this. This year, I came into a mindset and I said this every single day of the summer. I said, this job is easy, it's simple, and it's fun. And I didn't just say it, I showed it. What's cooler is if your girlfriend says she loves you or you feel that she, you feel her love. Oh, for sure, feel it. Right, right, totally. And the same thing. And so when we were on the doors, we loved the doors. We developed a love for knocking doors. It's almost like falling in love with the process, not the product. Yes. And because our team liked to knock doors, it was, there was no burnout. Voila, done. It's kind of an easy equation, right? It's easy. But people make this whole thing about, oh, we got to hate. Like, dude, this is so hard. Dude, I freaking love this job. We are, we are so blessed. It's changed my life. I've had character change and experiences because of the mindset that I've chose to live with as I do actions. A lot of people say, oh, it's the job. No, it's life. If you think this is going to get easier after this job, you're lying to yourself. My, my, my life only has got, quote unquote, on paper, more complex sent, sent, as years go on. But if we just came in with the mentality, this is easy, this is simple and fun, and we believed it and treated it like that. So I didn't just say those words, we did it. So hopefully, hopefully that helps. That's, that's my first thing I would say about burnout. I mean, that's huge. It's the positive affirmations saying that every single day and, and that just gets your mind right. And you, all of a sudden you look at door, the doors in a different light, right? Yeah. Instead of, oh, I have to do this. It's more, oh, I get to. Yeah. And that it's not that bad of a job. I actually enjoy it. A tactical thing that we do every single morning meeting is we had wins and gratitudes. And this sounds really simple. Oh, I love that. But every day, what we call a win on our team, John Wooden is one of my favorite examples of true leadership. If anybody hasn't read his book, Wooden on Leadership is probably the single best book I've ever read on leadership. And he's like the one of the most winning coaches ever in in basketball. Oh, UCLA coach, right? Yep. Oh, yep. I know. Incredible. I love that. Incredible. His term for success is everything based on input. It's literally the level of your effort is how you determine if you're successful or not. And I think that there's so many times that we determine on on the result. And so what we would say for wins, we would say this. We'd say, hey, guys, who's got some wins for today? We'll take three. Wins are efforts that we're proud of or things that we learned. We'd say that every single morning. That was a simple thing. And so people were always saying, oh, yeah, you know, I was going to sit on a curb, but I chose to freaking knock another door. And we'd, get, we'd rally around that guy, and we'd be real. And so it was super applicable, right? I mean, who felt like, of course, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Of course, duh. So now when he people see that their teammates have felt that way and then they overcame that when we all win because that's a win. That's a win. And then it's a win for the guy that mentioned that because next time he has that thought he'll remember the experience he just went through and how he overcome it and the praise he got. Yep. So all of a sudden it's making it easier for him not to do that. Yeah. Or, you know, and then gratitude as well. Gratitude puts you in a great place and we all know that and I don't need to speak to that too much, but those are little simple things to overcome burnout. And we did it from the beginning and we never changed. Um, my last thing for burnout is anticipate hardship. So anticipate roadblocks. If I know that there are going to be some days for me as a leader where I'm not going to sell because I'm going to be shadowing, 
And then I go, but then I did all my summer planning based off of four accounts sold a day or five accounts sold a day. Then that one day that I went to go shadow rep, now I feel bad because I'm four behind. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't make sense. So anticipate that. Plan those days in. So this year, I only did 200K, but I only knocked half the summer, but I planned it. I did a ton of shadow time knowing that I dump time into my people because I know that this next year, we're going to be a bunch of teams. So I need those leaders to have all that time. And the best time to learn is during the summer. It's in the trenches. And so that's why, anyways, I planned for it. So I did 200K, but I, plan, I didn't beat myself up. I felt like I was winning the whole summer. So I anticipated all the roadblocks. I anticipated my zeros, my bagel days. And I felt like I won. Even though it was like one of my lowest revenue summers ever personally, it was our highest revenue summer ever as a team. I mean, that's awesome. Because I mean, I think looking at that summer as a win, it's just kind of compounding and springboarding you into this next year to have a big, yeah. big summer. So yeah. that's awesome. I, I think we had a lot of gold nuggets today in the sales lab. Um, Derek, thanks for hopping on and Thank sharing you your so story. Much. And until next time.